0: Welcome all you blokes and sheilers to the Sport Shack from the Gold Coast Australia. In the Sport Shack this week we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time with some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film and lots more. And all from and with our great mate Paul Tonner.
1: We acknowledge the Ugambe people past and present, the traditional custodians of this land of the Gold Coast. We thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this
0: podcast on their land.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sports Shack. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. Hi hey Glenn Hi hey Paul. How's things? i have been last weekend. Yeah. Uh, we mm-hmm. had a weekend off last weekend didn't we? Yeah, Father's
0: Day and Yeah well and I was I'll my kneecap out. So yeah ouch I was a bit sore getting around gosh so is that like dislocated or I just moved to one side oh okay um, you got it manipulated back yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's because I'm going through these the adjustments with the, the the podiatrist yeah it obviously just slipped out so it, yeah You just pushed it back in and then last night <laughs> last night started to come out again but not as bad mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, and uh, I would my own dramas. Like, <laughs> yeah, not early, not this week, last week. Got hacked into. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hacked into on my computer. So I had to restart everything again and yeah. restart a lot of stuff for the sports shack again. But now it looks like we're all up and going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All back. Yeah. We're back, baby. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. That's why I, I always have a. External hard drive, yeah. I copy everything to that because the amount of times not necessarily been hacked, but just the computer just craps itself Mm. and you just lose everything, yeah. So I had that twice when I had me other solid business. What they did,
1: they hacked into my chrome they tried that yeah. and then they got me onto this computer yeah so what they do they they pose as someone working for microsoft
0: oh
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and you know this was about five years ago i got sucked into it and yeah. lost a fair bit of money you know yeah because um, they're so real they're the scum of the earth yeah um but when i was doing it i'm thinking oh you know, maybe I'll just get my phone and Google this while this bloke's talking to me, because so I'd already downloaded this software, yeah. and that was a cardinal sin. Yeah. And it was just after I'd downloaded it, I yeah. looked it up and I hung up on him. Yeah. yeah, but luckily I I didn't hand out any money. I rang the bank and yeah, yeah they were good. Yeah. But I had to get everything cleared out of my computer straight away. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. anyway. Yeah, any claps
0: or slaps? Oh, well, I'll, I'll start off with the clap. I want to say a great thank you mm. to Subway I'm at Abigail. <laughs> <The, laughs> Sorry about that. The, um, well, what was you doing? I'll press the, the clap. Oh, okay. Because I can't hear it. I can't hear what's going on. <laughs> oh, gotcha? Oh, you got the headphones.
1: Oh,
0: right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so at, at Subway Labrador, I went in there, and the girl working there mm. paid for me lunch. Really? Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. What was she working there? Or you, a yeah, customer? Yeah, she works there. Yeah, good uh, say that? I just went and got me lunch, and um, and yeah, um, yeah, went to pay for it, and she grabbed the card and paid. Yeah. For, uh, Oh, thank you! Oh, fantastic! And and, and well, her boss is still there, and after the boss left, I went back. Yeah, and said, oh, I just wanted to show you my appreciation that yeah. That looks kindness sad. of buying me lunch. Yeah, and she said, "Come back anytime." That's a great news story. Yeah, that 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 was really and and uh, yeah, I've seen that happen with other people, and that's. Mm. That's sort of the spirit of the Gold Coast. Yeah, That's what you find. With it's, most people, I, you yeah, get just scummy up there. They're, yeah, they're but like, everywhere. talking to an old mate of mine who grew up within the small seaside town like Kai, because uh, mm. he lives up near Cairns. He's there at the moment, mm. we were talking yesterday, but, and he found the same thing. Yeah. with living back down there that people are rude mm. you you wouldn't get anything like that nothing like that eh? no, yeah. that sort of kindness <laughs> mm. e- e- even in a small village even though it's now 10 times the size of what it was when I was growing up mm. but no it was just a real real yeah, real generosity yeah. and I got talking to like to the lady, um, and she was saying about she's Indian, about her mother has seizures, her grandmother has seizures, and mm. and stuff like that. So she she sort of understands what it's like, yeah. And that, yeah, but um, no, that's a big clap for me mm. to them to to mm. somebody at Magadora, oh, and my big slap, oh. Here we go. Who
1: is going to get a is slap they, and who is uh, going they, to get a clap for this week? And
0: Qantas. Yeah. yeah, Qantas. And Alan Joyce, the, the CEO. Oh, that's how a sparkle, he, isn't it? How he stepped down the day before they announced the inquiry. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, that was well-timed, wasn't yeah, it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there have been seven tickets to flights. They were already cancelled. I know no, no, when you went down to... Sydney the time before, yeah. you went down to find out that the flight that you booked and paid for was cancelled. Yeah. I go, well, yeah. they were probably still doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And their yeah. excuse was, oh, we're trying to protect the airline. Yeah. And then, yeah, look, yesterday it was announced. more that, cost cutting. Uh, yesterday it was announced that Alan Joyce will get... Free flights on Qantas for the next 25 years. And he's going to get a multi, multi million dollar payout, yeah. too, isn't he? Uh, yeah, that, mm. uh, that's, I'm calling it BS. Hmm. A big laugh. Yeah, and he's talking about, <laughs> oh, you know,
1: I'm looking forward to traveling around Europe. And, yeah, well, uh, that's it. Uh, rubbing it in. Yeah. Who cares? He, about he, it? He's
0: from Ireland. Yeah, that's So right. he'll go back there. So when the, mm. the shit hits the fan here, he's nowhere to be found. He's
1: doing a Christopher case.
0: Yeah. Not, yeah. Enough is enough. It, <laughs> but yes, Qantas, you're no longer the spirit of Australia. Yeah. You're the shit of Australia. Yep. Yeah. And
1: Anastasia Palaszczuk, yeah. she's just a weekly <laughs> in the slap column, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Taking but, off, going on a overseas European holiday yeah. while the state's in crisis, yeah. especially the youth crime and yeah. yeah. Can you imagine that if that if Giggles Stephen Miles becomes the Premier? Yeah. I'll is. be running out of the state. Nah. Yeah. That's his nickname, Giggles.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. uh, Giggles. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't be leaving Queensland just because of politics. Because yeah. the people here are still why I come back. Yeah. Yeah. You because know, you look at New South Wales, uh, you know, look at their bloody roads and shit and oh, stuff yeah. that go on. And... But yeah, at least the people here. You know, like, okay, the the state government may be full of themselves, but the, the local council, mm. they work hard for the community. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, We're down down at Pomacy there a joke, the council down there. What better than worse than here, eh? Oh shit sure, yeah, man. Sure. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> before I end up starting my own podcast. But I think Tom Tatow down there, I and he's gonna be here for life. But because uh, I I heard this week that he gives half of his wage to charity.
1: Oh,
0: that's good of him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I know two years Jeez, ago. Half of his wage. Yeah. Oh, bless my soul. Well, well the, the previous mayor that passed mm. away, um, Ron. Ron, Ron, Ron he, Clark. Yeah, he gave all his wage. Yeah. To charity. Oh, he's a legend. And, and I know that a couple of years ago, the, the mayor went, went and spoke to all the councillors and said, mm. I want you to see where you can save money. Yeah. Because I want to put on more community events. Oh, that's great. So I, I, I think it's yeah, uh, compared to Port Macquarie, mm. I'm not comparing Apples to apples, sure. Yeah, uh, the the Gold Coast Council has a one point two billion dollar budget. Mm. But down at Port Macquarie, uh like the the main road from the airport has more potholes. <laughs> in one road than there is in the th- Thai state of Queensland. <laughs> it's like a war zone, I eh? oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. yeah, but like yeah, they're doing, they're doing a dual carriage upgrade of three point two kilometers and that's costing a hundred and eleven million dollars. Yeah. For three point two kilometers you going Jeez. hang on some, someone's getting their bank account filled here. Get <laughs> some
1: kickback eh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, did you hear about the councillor here, local councillor? Yeah. That he was responsible set for setting up the um, yeah. the ninja yeah. fitness yeah. training course yeah. across the roadie. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: It's up on murder charges. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 There are paid people out there. Mm. Well, I guess, you know, we don't know the full story, but well, I guess it'll it. yeah. come out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we're just hearing bits and pieces at the moment. It's yeah. it's like that councillor that yeah got in and took over that Kirsty. Oh yep. I he, he, he was backstabbing her, mm. and now where is he? He's in bloody federal politics. Mm. So he's just in it for himself. She was doing a great job. That's it. But he was doing backstabbing, yeah. and that's
1: how it gets in. Mm. She helped um with this men's group day that we had just before COVID hit yeah Yeah, she was she got really involved in that just up the road here yeah yeah anyway my claps well my slaps are hackers and scammers but in the NRL the Bulldogs Canterbury Bulldogs and they've had a yeah they've been extremely disappointing this year right down the bottom of the ladder and you know they bought all these really good players and you just, I just thought, oh, this season they're going to have a really good season. And didn't work out that well. wasn't really an improvement from last year. Uh-huh. But South Sydney, they're the biggest slap. Gosh. You know, about halfway through the season, they were top of the table, Premiership favourites. They didn't even make the playoffs
0: uh-huh.
1: but in the end. Uh, with their roster, that's a massive, massive slap. Who is going to get a slap and who is going to get a clap? For this week. <laughs> yeah, and the Australia A cricket team. They're a slap. They got beaten whitewashed by the New Zealand A cricket team, when, playing on home soil. When did Australia A come back? Oh, uh, this is that they played a, a um, four-day game in Brisbane and one in Mackay. They got beat yeah. easy in both of them. Yeah. Yep. So that's a bit of a worry, you know, because they're our... Second 11 in cricket, so yeah. yeah, if they're not going well, geez, yeah. it's not looking good. But no, we've been going well over in South Africa. Yeah, we um won the T20 series. Tanvi Sanger, he had a brilliant debut, picked up four wickets, and yeah. he's a leg spinner. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, we won that series and yeah. we won the first two ODIs, we thrashed them overnight. Yeah. And Manus Lubbershay, he's a good clap. Yeah, big clap for him. Uh, Give him a
0: clap. <laughs> high, not good. He's
1: uh, played superbly in the first two one day games. He hasn't been picked in the one day squad. But what happened, uh, Cameron Green, um, got, when he was batting in the first ODI, he um, got um, Manus Lubbershay filled in for him because Cameron Green went off the field because yeah. he was concussed from a bouncer yeah. and hit him in the helmet. and Yeah, so under that concussion rule, yeah, he was allowed to go in and bat and scored a brilliant 80-odd that won us the match and scored a 120-odd last night. Yeah. yeah, so he's in cracking form, so I'd be whacking him in that one-day squad yeah. straight away. Yeah, the Rugby World Cup's just started. And France are a big clap. They they easily beat New, the mighty New Zealand All Blacks. Yeah. yeah. And Australia won their first game against Georgia last night. Yep. So, yeah, the next game is against Fiji. Mm. Yeah. But geez, what you what you see in this Rugby World Cup? There's <laughs> some embarrassing score lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ireland beat, um, oh, who did they beat last night? It was like 82 to nil.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, here we are. It was one of the minnows, you know, because you get the minnows playing. And they're just there to make up the numbers, basically. You know, and sadly, yeah, no, they... Romania, Ireland beat Romania, 82 points to eight. Mm. But a big, wow. a big slap... For, See, so, like I went to um Queensland Cup game yesterday. It was the one of the preliminary finals. It was uh, Burley Bears versus Wynnum Manly Se- yeah. And Seagulls. And yeah, it was like, 50, yeah, Burley won 57 to 10. And I thought, oh, you know, when I got there, I thought, oh, this is going to be a really close game. Because yeah. you know, Wynnum are a really good side and... Yeah. Gosh, you know, and the game started off very evenly. Like Winham yeah. for the first five, ten minutes, probably the better side had most of the chances. Then yeah. uh, Burley scored a try against the run of play, and then the flood, <laughs> the, the floodgates opened up after that. Yeah. Oh boy, it was just a yeah. whitewash. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. So today, our topic is we're going to talk about some unusual sporting venues around the world. So, sport is played in some unusual places, from a sporting field that overlooks a cliff or one that is located on top of a skyscraper. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know when you go up to the Q1 and you look down? Yeah. Yeah, you can see um, tennis courts on top of the buildings, a lot of the buildings there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so from a tennis court on a rooftop to a golf course on ice to playing football in a river. Um, so let us explore some sports venues around the world that takes playing sport to a new level. So Glenn, can you, you think of any uh, unusual sporting venues? Well, any that come to mind?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, in New South Wales I think it's over the Birdsville, they have the Birdsville. Camp. Oh, in Queensland there, out west. And yeah. they also have that, that, it may be at the same place, but they have the like where they make paper boat, boats out of cardboard. Oh, yeah. And they sort of race around the track. Yeah. Like <laughs> inland, inland sailing, sailing race. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that one in Birdsville, that's um, a famous one. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So what do they race out there? It's out in the desert, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, but it's the Birdsville Cup. Yeah. Where, where it's like the Outback's Melbourne Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm. and they do the horse racing out. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, we have, um, yeah, not much around except there's no grass. It's all played on dusty dirt and that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, well, ones that come to mind, I think last episode I was talking about Henson Park, the
0: home of the Newtown Jets. I, I, I have got an unusual place. Oh, yeah. There's a town west of Long Flat. I mean, sorry, town west of Morehouse, which is west of Pompeii, called Long Flat. The tennis courts and the basketball courts are on the side of a hill. Really? Yeah, uh, they're on the side. <laughs> the, place is, the place is called Long Flat. The only flat part of Long Flat is where the pub is. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Where the tennis court's on a slope. Imagine playing tennis on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like
1: Lords. You
0: know? yeah.
1: Look, I've been to the Lords twice and I haven't really. You know, it's a home of cricket. And yeah, the slope um, runs from the north end of the ground to the south end. Yeah. And it's a two and a half meter drop, the yeah. slope. Yeah. That's a lot. yeah Yeah. so this is why many bowlers because especially glenn mcgrath he used that slope to advantage because he used to oh geez he used to clean up at lords yeah Yeah. he was basically unplayable in some of those ashes test matches
0: because
1: he'd just get it on that right length line and length all the time and
0: yeah
1: yeah, batsmen just had no hope Yeah. yeah i reckon He would have loved to have taken lords with him wherever he went. But uh, yeah, Henson Park, the home of the Newtown Jets who play in the New South Wales Rugby League competition. Yeah, so their ground's like, it's a very famous ground and the 1938 Empire Games, they used it for cycling. But it's got this massive hill that goes around it. And it'd be the biggest hill in Sydney. You know, at any sports ground, yeah. and it's got this old, small uh, King George Memorial grandstand. But down one end of the ground, <laughs> you've got <laughs> just a car park. Yeah. So you go watch a game, and if someone's if the Jets score a try, you can beep your
0: horn and yeah, uh, you, uh, you can view the game from the yeah.
1: car. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh. I've got some photos here. Now, this place here, this was when I played cricket in England in the Hampshire League, 1999. We played... It's an area in Hampshire, it's called the New Forest, Uh, right? It's a beautiful area. We played a team called No Man's Land. And I had a bit of a shocker this day, but, geez, I took some good photos.
0: uh,
1: Yeah, now, the ground's on a big slope, right? And it's got trees and... The middle uh, of the field.
0: Uh, yeah. So was there any rules of the trees? Or? Yeah, so that's just part of the field. So but if you hit the tree were you out? Well
1: if it hit the tree on the fall, it was six. Uh, uh, and then if you if it hit the tree uh, and you caught it, uh, uh, yeah. So there it is there, and there's a pavilion like halfway to the boundary. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <see> that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was very strange, but I, I clearly remember the slope of the ground. Yeah. It was fascinating because I'd never played on a ground like that. Yeah. There was another episode I spoke about when I played Orange one day and we are playing out at um, Bloomfield in Orange.
0: Yeah. And
1: right next door, you've got a psychiatric hospital and uh, – yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was batting, there'd be patients coming walking out onto the ground, pulling down their pants, and square leg and Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what it is with Orange, but I remember when I was um, playing in the juniors in indoor cricket, we playing representative indoor cricket. And we played at the Orange Indoor Cricket Centre, and the court that we were playing on, they had a big vent yeah Yeah, on top of the court so if that if the ball hit that that was part of the court yeah Yeah. but also there's some other cricket grounds like first class cricket grounds around the world Mm. that have got uh trees on them so that's the saint lawrence ground that's the home of the kent county cricket ground yeah Yeah. a very famous tree that one the very famous limestone tree Yeah, so that's been there since 1842. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to move it. Nah.
0: That's
1: a good, you know, five metres in from the boundary, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: And City Oval, P- P- Piet- Pieta, oh, I don't know if I can pronounce it, Piet Marisburg in South Africa.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a bigger tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so God, imagine fielding and you run into that.
0: Especially if you're keeping your eye on the ball and you mm. go smack. Well, they play one-day internationals, eh? Yeah. Yep. Oh, if you go up, to the ball and the ball ricochets off the tree. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but
1: this one here, this is uh, this is in Dubai. Just trying to think what the name of the oh here we are the name of the building. Yeah. So you had Roger Fedra and Andre Agassi having a bit yeah. of tennis yeah. <laughs> on this heli. Helipad up in the sky yeah. on top of this skyscraper. Yeah, yeah it's called uh, the tennis court in the sky at Bur el Arab in Edubai. Yeah. yeah, so we've got photos of that on the Facebook page. And they played a friendly match on that helipad. They've s- set up a tennis court on there, mm. 692 feet in the air. Yeah. Imagine if you're underneath that, all the balls that would have. <laughs> It clunks you
0: on the head. Yeah,
1: well,
0: it was over water, (coughs) so there would have been just floating in the
1: water. Yeah, it's the fourth tallest hotel in the world. Yeah. Um, And there was another one where Roger Federer had had a friendly game of tennis with Rafael Nadal on a tennis court that was in the water.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that was in Dubai. Mm. But also you've got the Basin Reserve. That's a cricket ground in Wellington, New Zealand. They've been playing Test matches there and One Day Internationals for years, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, one of the major cricket venues in New Zealand. But around it, and I only found this out when I went on a Kentiki tour there in nineteen ninety six. It's got a roundabout that goes around it. It's the biggest roundabout in the world. Uh Yep, yeah, Uh it's been a Test venue since nineteen thirty. I think New Zealand played their first ever Test match there. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this. I don't know whether they still sell them, the golfing calendars. Remember that the Photoshop golfing calendars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Like I'll, I'll show you a photo of them. Mm. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, people, on the, I think Dad used to get you know one for Christmas every year, yeah. and yeah, one it was the most difficult golf holes in australia and you had you know (laughs) someone hitting off airs rock and hitting off the three sisters and trying to get it on the green (laughs) from one sister to the next yeah Yeah. Uh, they're they're, they're interesting ones Mm -hmm. i'd say if they still have them around yeah i'll have a look at christmas time and you know when you go to the shops and they yeah. They sell a lot of those calendars and the yeah. kiosks there. and Yeah, but we also spoke in an earlier episode about the statue of Yabba at the Sydney Cricket Ground, the famous uh, spectator. Was he spectator? that um, was his nickname, Yabba. Because yeah, yeah. he had, he used to yell out from the from uh, near the fence there when he used to go watch games. This was around, I think, when Don Bradman was playing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he was a real foghorn, and <laughs> they've got a statue of him there. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> Get on, on. Yeah, so you can't have that seat because Yabba's taken it. Yeah. Yeah. And Fenway Park. Yeah, we spoke about that with its green monster wall, and that's been there since nineteen fourteen. It's a thirty-seven foot wall, and also it has one red seat. In Fenway Fenway Park signifying the longest home run hit at the ground and we spoke last year it was one of our episodes last year around World Cup time and yeah with the World Cup in Qatar and there was this the 974 stadium uh-huh. which was
0: completely made out of shipping containers uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. That used to be like the night quarter up in Helmsvale. Yeah. That was all made out of Sipping <laughs>
1: oh. Righty Rightio, we'll move on to our quiz. <laughs> it's quiz time. Right, so we have seven multiple choice questions today. Right, and they're all related to unusual sporting venues. And they're if you get a lot of these, you're doing your... You really know your sport, because they're not easy. Uh. (coughs) Pardon me. Right, question one. I'll read out the question first. We'll have some thinking music, and then I'll give the answer. So you're going to have to listen carefully. Question one. Nestled between limestone walls and a secluded beach, the spectacular oceanfront tennis court at San Pietro de Positano is in which country now is it a Spain b Portugal or c Italy and the answer is c in Italy so it's part of a hotel on the Amalfi Coast and Maria Sharapova and Yannick Noah have played there question two Situated on top of a hill in the middle of Blue Lakes. Svan is a multi-purpose stadium located in. A. Norway. B. Iceland. Or C. Faroe Islands. And the answer is C. The Faroe Islands. The Faroe Islands is a tiny island that's up sort of towards Iceland. They actually play um, qualifying games for the European Cup and World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. But they're a territory of uh, Denmark. Mm. Right, third question. The International Horse Racing Festival of White Turf is the world's only horse race on a frozen lake. Where is it held every year? Now, is it A, St. Moritz, B, Zermatt, or C, St. Anton? And the answer is A, St. Moritz. It's been held in February every year since 1907. That's a long time. Right, question four. Torneo is the world's only golf course that spans two countries if you played around at these two golf courses what two countries would you be playing in now is it a germany and italy b finland and sweden or c france and switzerland and the answer is B, Finland and Sweden. So there's seven holes in Finland and 11 in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> right, question five. Is there any
0: time difference?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Not like they have here, eh? Because uh, um, you've got the airport here, probably half of it in New South Wales, half in Queensland, uh, eh? Yeah. yeah, that's the tennis court uh, hey? for question one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's San... Piestro de Bositano yeah. Interesting, eh? Guys, well, more of an effort getting down there, you'd be buggered uh. by the time you got down there basically. Yeah. Right, where are we up to? Question five. What sport is played every year on the August Bank holiday in UK? On Borton on the water? Now is it A rugby? B soccer? Or C. golf, And the answer is B. Soccer or football. There's a picture of it there. (laughs) Gosh, Mm -hmm. that'd be an effort, wouldn't it? Question six. What sport is played 2,000 feet underground in a Cumbria slate mine in the north of England? Now is it A. Cricket. B. Soccer, or C. Tennis. And the answer is A. Cricket. Don't you play cricket all the way down there? Gee, they'd that, have some interesting rules, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah. boundary.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine um, when you're calling. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yes the uh, echo uh, would go for about two hours uh, right last question it's question seven in 2012 Syracuse Orange and San Diego State played a college basketball match against each other in what location now is it a on the Queen Queen Mary cruise liner b at Los Angeles airport or C on the USS Midway. Oh, oh you went a bit early there. Uh, C on the, or was it on C on the USS Midway aircraft carrier? So is it A, Queen Mary cruise liner, B at LA airport, or C on the USS Midway aircraft carrier? <laughs> Try again, Glenn. Uh-uh. And the answer is C on the USS Midway aircraft carrier. They call it the Battle of Midway. Uh, <laughs> there it is.
0: There. Uh, I also um, I have to look it up. I just remember that. But in the South Pole, mm-hmm. there's a, a like a, a um, <coughs> triathlon or running race down there. That, that and No, it's a marathon. And it's done by this wealthy um, wealthy Chinese businessman. Oh, okay. And apparently he goes, he goes in every, every year. Yeah. But he only does about two to three kilometres. Jeez. And then he sits down and smokes a cigarette <sighs> and watches it. But, but he actually, he always wins. They've got a prize for him. He's got their trophy for that. Yeah. To that thing but yeah no, I need to look that up be Bloody freezing yeah. you'd have
1: to do it in the summer months so
0: yeah. even
1: then it'd be too cold when you got daylight most of the time oh yeah. yeah
0: yeah
1: well people do like run across um the North Pole and that
0: yeah.
1: yeah gosh yeah. Antarctica you wouldn't last no. it's much much bigger yeah, yeah. right we're up to our well it's a what am I today yeah. This week who am i so it's a uh, to do with formula 1 motor racing today it's quite an easy one Yeah? Uh-huh. yep yeah those uh, quiz questions were very hard so but we've got we got an easy what am i
0: uh-huh.
1: yep so on the famous formula 1 motor racing event which has been held every year since 1929 now according to wikipedia I'm widely considered to be one of the most important and prestigious automobile races in the world and I'm part of the triple crown of motorsport. I'm held on a narrow course in a glamorous and prestigious location and I'm the shortest Grand Prix track on the circuit. I contain many elevation changes, narrow streets and tight corners as well as a tunnel. I'm the most demanding Formula One race, despite my low average speeds. Now, during a race, a driver will make approximately, get ready for this, 3,666 gear changes. Bless my soul. (laughs) I'm also the only Grand Prix that does not adhere to the FIA's 305 kilometre minimum race distance. Now, spectators view the race from temporary grandstands built around the circuit and from balconies with many hotels and nearby residents cashing on a bird's eye view of the race. My name is...
0: And this location will be revealed at the end of the episode.
1: Right, it certainly will. So I'm just going to talk briefly about some other strange, unusual sporting venues. So we have... It's called the Koep de aline Resort. Now it's known for its award-winning golf course with the world's only floating green. There it is, there, Glenn. I know where <laughs> my ball would go. Straight in the drink. <laughs> I wonder who's got the job of recovering the balls. Yeah. I played mini golf with Livy last Sunday yeah. at um, Carrara Markets and. <laughs> I struggle with that. <laughs> uh, now, the fourteen thousand square foot floating green is located on the fourteenth hole and consists of styrofoam blocks. Now, according to WorldGolf.com, it shifts position on the water every day and is located. Oh, uh, sorry, is directed by a computerized mechanical system, which allows the distance from the tees to range from a hundred to two hundred twenty yards you know how you get from the
0: tea to the green? No. It's on a water taxi. <laughs> 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 so what did so you've got to go on to the green
1: yeah. in one hit. Yep. Or else you're stuffed. Yeah. Or you can get it there's a few bunkers there. Yeah. Yep. But uh guess what the name of the water taxi is? Yeah. Putter. yeah Yeah, so that's what takes the golfers to and from the green now we've got the St Moritz Cricket Ground now they have three days of cricket which are played there on an icy surface every February by professional players and business people now they pay to play in the unusual event and the beautiful St Moritz provides a spectacular backdrop yeah and we have what's called the Umana Golf Course, which is in Greenland, of all places. There's no greens there. It's just called whites. The, the players obviously use coloured balls. Now, the annual World Ice Golf Championship is held here every year. And not surprisingly, it is called off sometimes due to severe weather. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. I suppose there'd be, you know, there'd be a lot more wind around, so you'd be able to get your balls you Oh, to yeah.
1: Out. I used to play when I was a kid on holidays. I used to play golf in the sand on the beaches, yeah. get a stick and a tennis ball, and yeah, yeah it was great fun. Yeah. Mm. I remember one day I got a hole in one, and <laughs> I'm jumping up and down, and yeah, <laughs> my dad had to gulp me. Making a fool of myself. (laughs) Right, so next one's the Skiing in the Desert at Ski Dubai. Yeah, I've heard about this place before. Occupies 25,000 square metres of the huge mall of the Emirates there. There's an indoor ski resort. Now, it opened in 2006 and has five separate runs with a chairlift and tow. And it also has a tennis court in the middle of the ski resort in the middle of the desert. And we've got the Rock Stadium in Abu Dhabi. There's a picture of it there. That's just weird, isn't it? Uh. Now, it's yet to be built. However, has already won several awards. Now, the impressive 40,000-seat stadium was carved into the side of the Jebel Havit mountain range. Never seen a stadium like that before. Uh, so if you go to the Facebook page, you'll uh, you'll yeah, be able to see it. Very interesting. And we have the Estadio Nacional Julio Martínez Pradanos in Chile. Now, that's the national stadium there in the capital, Santiago. That's uh. normally a standard pitch in Chile's national stadium, but it, it played a starring role in a 2006 art project now, artist Sebastian Erasurus planted a ten-meter real magnolia tree in the center of the pitch to mark where former Chilean dictator Pinochet tortured political prisoners in 1976. The exhibition went for a week, and a football match was played in front of 15,000 spectators with the tree still planted in the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they were be glad to get rid of that. And lastly, we have the Estadio Hernando Siles in La Paz, Bolivia. Now, Bolivia is a country in uh, South America. And La Paz is like the highest city in the world. I think it's the capital of Bolivia. That's the world's highest stadium at 11,932 feet. Feet, wow. Which is above sea level. Yeah. Now you think of where Lura is in the Blue Mountains, that's yeah. like a thousand feet. It's yeah. <laughs> eleven, nearly twelve times that. Wow. Imagine imagine how my lungs would be gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now in 2007 FIFA granted the venue an exemption from its altitude laws. That is, no international match was to be played at 3,000 feet. Well, that's understandable, you know. Like, I know when Australia plays um, South Africa in rugby, because a lot of those in Johannesburg and Pretoria, um, it's on that, it's called the high belt. I'm not sure how many thousand feet above sea level it is. It's something like about 2,000-something feet. Uh But there's a big advantage yeah. To the home country, you know, when they play another team there, uh, you know, because the, you know, they're more used to the, the high altitude.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, but and also like the cricket matches in Johannesburg. You know, there was that famous one-day game. I think it was about two thousand and five, yeah. two thousand and six, where Australia got about four hundred and thirty odd. And you just think that's, and they that was the world record at the time. Uh, and they just thought, oh, yeah, not, yeah, not, they'll never be beaten. Uh, but South Africa come out and bat, <laughs> chase down the runs. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, mm. yeah, but this was like with the Mexico City Olympics in 1968, you know, uh, Ron Clark collapsed in that because uh, you know, that was, a uh, he, struggled with the high altitude and the heat yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but Bolivia was allowed to play international games at the venue including World Cup qualifying matches and obviously they have a big advantage due to the altitude jeez imagine that you'd be absolutely buggered there's there's the tree in Chile <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the players lining up next to the tree before the game. Uh, oh. right, rightio. So we'll move on to our Where Am I Now? <laughs> Where are they now? So today we're going to talk. Now, first of all, Glenn, what do you know about Singapore? Um,
0: it's an interesting place I know know I've been getting a lot of friend requests from girls (laughs) from Singapore some lovely ladies there but most of them turn out to be scammers
1: yeah when you go on the Singapore airline flights yeah yeah, nice looking hostesses on there but uh, now we're going to talk about what's called it's called the float and it's at Marina Bay in Singapore now Singapore's many people think Singapore's a, a city but it's actually a country. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a city and a country, and it's on an island. And it's quite a wealthy place, but it's a, it's a global financial centre. Yeah, because
0: um, I heard this years ago, because when they to um, get themselves going again, they actually raised everyone's wage. Yeah. To get more money flowing and that, and the country took
1: off from there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's probably one of the wealthiest places in, yeah. in Europe. Well, definitely, yeah. you know, in Southeast Asia. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've never, I've only ever been to the airport there. It's yeah. got a very yeah. famous airport.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, the airport is massive. Yeah. It is huge. I, I think it's like the biggest airport in the world. Yeah. And it's all like carpeted it's just full of shops and it's got these um like bullet trains that take you from one terminal to the next Uh (laughs) yeah you could spend a whole week in that airport Uh i reckon yeah but they speak what's called singlish there Uh because there's a lot of different cultures and singlish is um it's a form of english you know like a slang singapore Uh slang yeah, but the airport is just mind-blowing and it's got a waterfall yeah. and botanic garden and it's a great place to go yeah. walking around, you know, especially when yeah. you're waiting. Because I've only been, I've been to Singapore airport probably three or four times over the years yeah. and, and it's a great place <laughs> when you're waiting for, a, you know, your next flight because you yeah. can just go for a walk around on the carpet. Yeah.
0: And,
1: yeah. And that it's it's wide, it's big, you've got heaps of space. and yeah. Um, But, yeah, there's many different cultures and religions there, and it's very well known for its cleanliness. Yeah. Yeah, very, very clean country. Probably, I think it's been regarded as the cleanest country in the world. Yeah. And chewing gum is banned, and they have a very active campaign against littering. I used to say this to kids when I was a teacher when I used to see them littering I'd say did you know if you did that in Singapore you would get a $200 fine (laughs) (laughs) but it's got 200 man-made waterfalls on the island and yeah it held the very first Formula One night race and yeah it's one of the world's greenest city but one of the 20 smallest countries in the world and one of the most it's got a one of the world's most densely populated countries too but it's expensive um yeah considered one of the best cities to live in the world as well because it it manages waste so efficiently and in terms of sport well Tim David the Aussie um he's one of very well you know a a group of cricketers that have played for two countries yeah because he first he was born in Singapore' his parents are from there
0: yeah
1: um, so he played for Singapore and did really well in um I think it was in the some of the twenty twenty leagues, and he got picked in the Australian t20 team and was, yeah, in some of the one day games and uh-huh. uh, yeah and the Singapore slingers. Now, they don't exist anymore, but yeah, at one stage, they played in the NBA, Australia's national basketball competition. Uh-huh. It was for about two seasons, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. would have been a fair bit of flying, but... Uh-huh. Mm. Anyway, I'll talk about the float now at Marina Bay in Singapore. So it's also known as Marina Bay Floating Platform, and it's a multi-purpose outdoor venue. And it's the world's largest floating stage and is located at the downtown core area of Marina Bay. Yeah. Mm. I'll show you what it looks like, then, and you can describe it to me. Uh,
0: uh. Uh. You describe that. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. But but also be useful of um, space. Yeah. It also sort of reminds me of the Gold Coast, you know, that they have the, you know, that the volleyball competitions, mm. even though it's down the beach, it's the way it's set up, yeah, to maximise it. Yeah, mm. so that's, that's very interesting. But yeah, you know, like with many things in life, yeah, you know, bands and yeah, you know, movies, and that, you need to have a point of difference. Mm. Yeah, if you do something different, you stand out. If you do the same as <laughs> everyone else, what's the difference? That's right. Well, that's very different, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's a very unusual-looking stadium. Yeah, yeah. So people will, oh, yeah, you know, that would attract people, you know, to go and see that country, that you know, mm. into that sport.
1: Oh, well, it's definitely on my bucket list, Singapore, because I've just said so many. Fascinating things about it, you
0: know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to go. Yeah. yeah, it's got a very um famous zoo there. Apparently the zoo's awesome. Yeah. yeah many regard it as the best zoo in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's with the, the float, it's made entirely of steel, measuring 120 meters by 83 meters, and this is five percent larger than the Singapore National Stadium field. Now the platform can carry 1070 tons which is equivalent to the total weight of 9000 people. So you want to want to get more than 9000 people on that platform. It's <laughs> going all. Be like the Titanic. Yes, yeah, so it's got 200 it's got 200 tons platform support and free 30 ton military vehicles. Yeah. So it's a total weight of 9,000 people, yes, 200 tons is a platform support. It's equivalent to three 30-ton military vehicles. Mm. So the platform is made of small platforms of pontoons with a system of connectors between the pontoons which interlock each other. Now it took only one month to assemble the platform. Gosh, if they did that here, it'd take probably (laughs) 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> It'd take them like 10 years to actually get the go-ahead to do it because they'd be all, you know. The red tape. Yeah, the red yeah. tape, yep. Yeah. So the platform foundation consists, consists of six pylons, which are fixed to the seabed and held in place while rubber rollers stabilise the platform to cope with the tides and currents in Marina Bay. The platform is connected to the land by three linkways with special integrated joints to help prevent it from rocking. Now, the seating gallery height was restricted due to existing buildings around, around it and seating capacity was capped at 27,000. Now, so you've got the platform out in the water there, but the seating gallery is on, on land. Yeah. yeah. So you've got a bit of both. Yeah. Now, events that have taken place at the stadium include sports, such as mainly football, uh, music. So they've had a lot of concerts there, fireworks celebrations, exhibitions and artistic and cultural shows. Now, the annual National Day Parade was held at the venue for five years as it was selected as a temporary stadium in place of the National Stadium. Yeah, which was at Kalang that was demolished to make way for the Singapore Sports Hub. Now, in 2004, Colonel Teo Jing Siong, you know him, Glenn?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: the chairperson of the organising committee of the 2007 National Day Parade, had to produce a new venue due to the demolition of the national stadium. So the float was built in 2007 was only intended as a temporary venue for the national day parade other venues were considered such as the singapore turf club however the committee decided to create a floating platform for the parade and use marina bay as a venue now the platform proved to be a cost effective solution while the new national stadium and sports hub were planned to be constructed over eight years now in 2005 The NDP Organising Committee works with the Urban Redevelopment Authority and the Singapore Sports Council on the design of the floating platform, which would also be planned to be used for other events. Now, March 2006, Singapore company SEMP Corp Marine began began construction on the float after the design was approved, and by April 2007, the platform and seating gallery was completed and the flight with its city skyline in the background was officially opened by the Singapore Prime Minister, Lee Sien Long. Now, I remember they were going to... One stage there, this is probably seven years ago. You remember that? They were going to build a winter theme park near surface paradise here
0: yeah
1: yep. never got off the ground <laughs> there's a lot of gunners here isn't there yeah. Yeah. after its opening in 2007 the stadium was used to launch the six week long water fest now what this was it showcased stunts by water ski and wakeboard professionals you know much about wakeboarding when
0: oh um, yeah i've sort of seen it around it's yeah like, it's like a bit like um snowboarding but on water yeah that's right yep yeah behind the boat and stuff and i think there's even the the water park here on the gold coast they've got a the cable oh they the, do too the, the, the yeah. range across so yeah you use the yeah mm. um the whiteboard. yeah yeah the cable yeah i've seen
1: uh just going for a walk you know around here you see um, them on roof racks and yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like water skiing. You're right, except yeah. they stand on a, a board with foot bindings yeah. and they're towed behind a yeah, motorboat yeah. and perform a lot of aerial manoeuvres and midair air tricks. And yeah. So it's a combination of water skiing and snowboarding and surfing. Yeah. Yeah, a mixture of the whole three. Yeah. Mm. Now, the float was also used at the start and finish point for the Singapore Triathlon. So it's been used for quite a wide range of sports. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in November 2008, the Singapore Cup. Now, this is like a football, it's a football knockout competition, like the FA Cup. Yeah, so the, it was like the FA Cup final of Singapore football. Now, it was a final between the SAFFC and Woodlands Wellington VC. Now, it was scheduled to take place at the stadium. However... Due to problems relating to the metal beams casting a shadow on the pitch, the game was relocated to the Jalan Besar Stadium. Now, have a look. That stadium only has a capacity of 6,000. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, where um, the floated 27,000. Oh. Yeah, so not many people would have got in there to watch that game. Oh. It was like Cronulla's game last night when they played the Roosters. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy over that during the week because apparently um, Cronulla's home ground. Now, with all the construction that's going on that never gets done, (laughs) it only holds 13,000. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of, you know, shark supporters and rooster supporters couldn't couldn't go and watch that game. Where if they played it in, you know, at a bigger venue in Sydney, yeah anyway the Sharks lost anyway so yeah they would have been you know spewing about that now the first football to be played on the platform was an amateur Sunday League match and it was the first ever ever football match played on a floating platform the National Day Parade was only held once at the new national stadium in 2016 due to the increased costs associated and the float was a cheaper alternative in 2017 It was announced that the float would remain the primary venue for the National Day Parade, apart from those held at Padang every five years. It was intended that the float would be demolished, reconstructed and renamed NS Square. The float went on to form part of the Marina Bay Street Circuit, which hosts the Singapore Formula One Grand Prix. Infamously, it is the spot where Nelson Piquet Jr., crashed his car causing a Renault Formula One crash controversy and it was dubbed Crashgate by some of the media so it was a what a, have you can you remember when that happened yeah no, probably, yeah I can vaguely remember it basically yeah it was a sporting scandal that resulted when Renault driver PK jr because his dad was a famous driver wasn't yeah, he yeah yeah. Nice. yeah Brazilian guy yeah, yeah. Uh, Nelson Piquet, he's one of the top Formula One drivers back in the the 80s. Yeah, but this is his son, Nelson Piquet Jr. Now, he was instructed by Renault, his Renault team, to deliberately crash during the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix, giving a sporting advantage to his Renault teammate, Fernando Alonso, who went on to win the race. And Piquet claimed it was an accident don't know about that anyway now the flight also hosted opening opening and closing ceremonies for the inaugural youth summer olympics it has also hosted military graduation ceremonies and new year's eve and lunar new new year celebrations yeah they have great fireworks and on uh, new year's eve in singapore yeah, it's one of the best in the world mm. So let's look at what's happening with the float now. Well, guess what? It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone, yeah. The float's gone. It was demolished. It was closed five months ago in March. Yeah. And work began 12 ma- months earlier in rebuilding it. Gosh, I wish that would happen here. <laughs> As the NS Square and work is expected to be completed towards the end of 2026. The plan first came into place in early 2020, so they don't muck around in Singapore. No. Yep, they just get it done, no squabbling, yeah. done. Yeah. Now the NS Square will be an outdoor multi-purpose venue, and it's been designed by a local architectural firm, WOHA, so that's spelled W-O-H-A, in collaboration with design firm Populous, who have experience and specialise in building sporting facilities original plans to have it completed in 2025 was set back a year due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the NS square will feature a 30,000 seat grandstand so the capacity has gone up a bit the national day a national service themed gallery community sports facilities and a public waterfront promenade now according to the WOHA website a new permanent stage deck Will replace the existing floating platform, and the 30,000 seats will curve around the stage to provide an uninterrupted line of sight and bring spectators close to the action. The space can be configured for events of different scales and types, say for concerts and performances, and sporting activities and competitions. um, You know, when not in use, so the stage will be transformed into multi-purpose space for community activities as well yeah i remember 20 years ago i went on a tour of sydney olympic stadium yeah Yeah, and it was just fascinating they showed us how they transformed the stadium from like the rugby league game or rugby union match there um to when you know because sydney swans were playing a lot of their home games there at the time yeah yeah and how they would you know, use the technology to retract the seats back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, uh, yeah, but also <laughs> Brookvale Oval. You know, we're talking about, uh, like, the community being allowed to use the facilities. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, Brookvale Oval, it's called Four Pines Park now. Yeah. In In uh, it's Manly's home ground in the NRL. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's actually, uh, uh, the public can use that ground. Yeah. yeah, they can just walk out. They can walk their dogs on there.
0: and
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was like yesterday when I was at the footy, at Thurley's home ground there in Pissy Park,
0: you know, yeah. before the
1: game and at halftime, kids were allowed to run on the field and kick their footy around. Yeah. And, uh, but NS Square will also feature a water sports facility, to support sports such as dragon boating, canoeing, and kayaking, and there will be a swimming pool and water play areas for the public. Yeah, I remember watching, um, you know, in Kumara there at the, the rowing lake. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, watching dragon boating, dragon yeah. boat races there once. Yeah. Yeah. Now, NS Square will be the central focus of Singapore's new downtown and reinforce Singapore as a vibrant, resilient and sustainable city-state. Yeah. Glenn, can you think of some places that have been demolished, rebuilt and transformed for the better?
0: (laughs) I know some places should be demolished. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, like the Sydney Cricket Grounds that's fair share. But it's also sort of yeah, in some ways destroys the atmosphere yeah Yeah, modernizing well the famous hill's gone now yeah. and it's all
1: stands there now yeah. but they've still got the the old um
0: member stands there which have been yeah, there for hundred years I remember seeing it you yeah know, one of those shows It shows about yeah. You know, buildings, I think it was Yankee Stadium. Oh yep, yeah, where, I've been there. Where, mm-hmm. where the, they built the new one and pulled the old one down, mm-hmm. and just the way that they pulled it down, it just felt they cut it, yeah. So it just all fell into into the centre.
1: Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I wonder how different it is now Because I went to the old Yankee Stadium. Yeah. This was back in nineteen ninety nine, and it was freezing because yeah. you're up really high. Yeah. So hopefully they've got more shelter there. It's in the Bronx, yeah. middle of the Bronx.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, but one one that really comes to my, my mind is the Adelaide Oval. Yeah. And yeah, because that's maintained a lot of its old tradition. Like they've still got a lot of the hill there, yeah. you know, and the view of the cathedral in the background. and
0: yeah.
1: But they've put in these Awesome new grandstands around it, yeah. and it's a much better looking looking stadium now. Yeah. You know they've re- yeah you know, they demolished all the old grandstands that have been there for years, and yeah, yeah. and yeah. I reckon that's the best cricket venue in Australia now, yeah. basically. Yeah, but uh oh, I guess yeah, you know, well they tore down the Parramatta Stadium, and yeah, you know, it was. A lot of controversy over the time, and Sydney Football Stadium as well. And oh, why are they getting rid of that? But you look at the venues they've got there now that uh, they've rebuilt. Uh, Jeez, uh, leaves them for dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess they have their purpose. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: uh,
1: yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about our, give the answer to our, who am I now? Mm. You know the answer?
0: The Monaco Grand Prix.
1: The Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, Yeah, I I went very close to Monaco once. I went on a a tour on this bus. Uh, that went to this ancient town in France called uh, Eze, and it was uh, right on the border of Monaco. It's an independent state. I would have loved to have gone in there and had a look at um, Monaco. It would have been really interesting righty yeah, um, give us that joke. No, no. Oh, the facts first. Yeah. Let's find out what unusual facts that has Glenn got for us this week.
0: What's your unusual fact? Hit okay. me with it. we well, got a new segment. Yeah, I was, I was watching me, me, my favorite, one of my favorite shows, um, Red Dwarf. Yeah. And they were talking about light speed. So I thought I'd look it up and see how the body would handle it. So how many G-forces are in light speed. And there's 30 million, 600,000 G-forces in the speed of light, which is three million times more than what the human body could handle, which would kill you in two seconds. And within that two seconds, if you weighed Say 75 kilos within that two seconds, you would go to a weight of three, three 300 million kilos in two seconds, and then Bloody splat. Hell. So, so, the, so, yeah, well, no. there would be nothing left of you. I'll give That's you that. it, yeah. So, <laughs> uh,
1: I've got an interesting fact for you. Yeah, now, years ago, I went to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Yeah. It's one of the most fascinating things I've seen in the world. You know all those springs that hold up yeah. that famous bridge?
0: Yeah.
1: If you got all of them and spread them out all right, around the world, it would go around the earth three times. Yeah, yep. wow. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Where
0: it's joke
1: time. Yeah, what number is that? That is number nine. Number nine. Let's end the episode with a joke. Come on Glenn, make us laugh.
0: <laughs> okay, so i got a couple here today. Yeah, it's been over 100 years since the sinking of the Titanic and all the scientific research and studies into it. And the reports come out that the scientific field is quite impressed. On, the, on how well the, um, the titanic has been maintained. Even the pool, even the pool on the tank is still full of water. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Scoop. <laughs> uh, 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 a lot of water too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a couple of Johnny jokes. Yeah. Johnny's a bit older now. But still living at home, and he, his mother found out he'd been to players, the <laughs> gentlemen's club, the famous players' club in Gold so Coast. Yeah, and his mother said to Johnny, Was there anything there that you shouldn't have seen? Yeah. And Johnny thought, No, not really. The only thing I saw there that shouldn't be there was Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he this is another Johnny joke, um, and this was when he was younger. He was at the back of the class, and he was he was uncomfortable moving around and wearing hey. shorts around, and um, next door to him were complaining. So the teacher comes up and says, "Keep still, Johnny." And you know, stop playing with yourself and yeah, leave the light and and and, she, and Johnny goes, I can't, have I've just had a, i I've just had a, my mother took me and got me circumcised. <laughs> so the teacher goes, right, I can't handle this. Go up, to the, go up to the um, go up to the principal and you know, contact, get to contact your mother, and then. Johnny's up there and comes back half an hour later, goes to the back of the room where he's sitting. And um and yeah, and then gets a scream from the girl. Mm. And Johnny's sitting there with his strides down. <laughs> and the teacher comes running up, going, Johnny, what Johnny you be good. What are you doing? <laughs> And Johnny said, what well, I did, she said, I, I rang my mother to ask what to do, and she said, if you could hang it out until lunchtime, time, I'm going and get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of your best. <laughs>
1: I didn't, I didn't anticipate that, that <laughs> ending.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, oh, good one. Well, I'm looking forward to your one's next week. Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the next episode, well, we spoke about a uh, famous sporting scandal today that involved the Renault team and Formula One. We're going to... Well, we've spoken about a lot of scandals in our episodes in the last four years, so I thought we'd talk about some... Scandals, some yeah. other sporting scandals, yeah. yeah, that resulted in bans and yeah. yeah, ones that we haven't really covered before, okay. or if we have, we've only just touched on them. But yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about some more, some other ones in in some depth. Yeah, yeah. any come to your mind, Glenn? I oh, just Sandgate. Yeah, 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 sandpaper gate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the most recent big one isn't it Mm. you think uh, well that was considered the lowest point in Australian cricket do you think probably one of them (laughs) yeah I think it's uh, it was one of those things that had to happen though
0: because
1: their behaviour up until then was atrocious but ever since then um, you know Justin Langer has a lot of credit to do with that I think they've turned things around a lot yeah yeah (laughs) so righty so thanks for joining us for this episode of the sports shack so sources for this episode are on the platform page so it's a goodbye
0: from Paul it's a goodbye from Glenn from and Peter I don't know like you're listening because I'm <laughs> going to be asking you questions <laughs> righty-o bye bye g'day it's me again Please check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this, or posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time.